Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Monday, February 8th, 2021. Stand up for your country. So we got a lot of coverage of uh, the impeachment coming up tomorrow, um, the Super Bowl, which happened last night. And I'm getting into the politics of the Super Bowl as well as a little bit on the game. Not too much, but I have some insights there. And finally, do you buy stuff on the Internet? You buy uh, products on the net? You don't want to hear what I have to say about that. Might save you some money. Uh, Okay, so let's go to the Joe Biden Super Bowl interview. I'm perhaps the best expert in the world on these things because I've done three of them. Nobody else has done more than that. Um, Two of them were live. Uh, The Biden interview was taped on Thursday, last Thursday, and run on Sunday. Nora O'Donnell, CBS, was the interviewer. Okay, so uh, there were some interesting parts of that interview, more interesting than most. Um, But Ms. O'Donnell uh, missed a few openings that surprised me because they weren't complicated. So let's start uh, with the uh, COVID thing, because this was the big theme of the interview. Go. One of the disappointments was when we came into office is the circumstance relating to how the administration was handling COVID was even more dire than we thought. The Trump administration. The Trump administration. We thought they indicated there was a lot more vaccine available and it didn't turn out to be the case. Okay, so uh, that's not really fair because the Trump administration did get the vaccine produced in record time and saved uh, millions of lives in the process. Now, the rollout of the vaccine is a complicated issue because it goes from a private company to the states. And where the federal government fits into that mosaic is undefined. There is no doubt that after the election, Donald Trump disengaged from a daily um, oversight of most everything. And that's too bad. Uh, But that's the truth. Donald Trump was so crazed because he thought the election was stolen from him, that a lot of things that he would have looked at, he didn't. And he was concentrating on overturning the vote. That's the truth. Again, I mean, it's not a matter of speculation. It's not a guess. It's absolutely what happened. So there's a point that maybe had President Trump engaged on the vaccine more, that it would have rolled out better. But that's just a guess, an opinion. Because, again, you go from a private company, two of them, Moderna and Pfizer, into the state apparatus. Now, some states have been pretty calm, pretty smooth. When I was down in Florida a couple of weeks ago, very organized. My state, New York, absolutely chaos. And there are more people in Florida, so no excuse. Um, So anyway, if I had been um, Nora O'Donnell, I would have said, can you explain Mr. President, what exactly the holdup is. I guarantee you 100% that Joe Biden could not explain that. And that is a very simple question. But instead, Nora O'Donnell allows Biden to take a shot at Trump, but there's no clarity. what What happened? Nothing. Zero. And this is standard procedure at network news. You don't get anything. You don't learn anything. All right, second soundbite. Um, it's basically a guess soundbite. Roll the tape. 
You're President of the United States, Commander-in-Chief. Can you do something in terms of going to Moderna, going to Pfizer, saying we need more production? Yes, I think, because we've already done it. But the idea that this can be done and we can get to herd immunity much before the end of next this summer is, is very difficult. Why? Why? You see, it, it, look, it's the same thing. You know, you're, you're, you're going around in circles. But he's not giving you or me or anybody the why of all this. I mean, what, what is the problem? It drives me crazy. And I'm not being arrogant or supercilious. I know that I have more experience than Nora O'Donnell and any, probably anybody else in the business. But this is fundamental interviewing skill. You are trying to get information to the people who are watching you. Not let Joe Biden or Donald Trump or Barack Obama say anything they want to say. Tell me what the problem is. Not that it's Trump's fault. What is it? Didn't get it. And it wasn't even close. All right, so third soundbite uh, is about the kids who are getting hammered because of COVID. Go. Do you think it's time for schools to reopen? I think it's time for schools to reopen safely, safely. You have to have fewer people in the classroom. You have to have ventilation systems that have been reworked. Our CDC commissioner is going to be coming out with science-based judgment within, I think, as early as Wednesday as the layout, what the minimum requirements are. Okay. Safely. Safely. I'll get over it safely. All Ms. O'Donnell had to do was go in. But Catholic schools all over the country are open and have been open since September. And there hasn't been any disaster. Isn't that safe? What's the difference between a Catholic school and the public school? This, this is like fundamental journalism that is no longer practiced in this country. This isn't brilliance. You got to anticipate what Biden's going to say. Oh, yeah. I want to open them, but safely. Yeah, all right. But we already have a parallel track where there are thousands of schools open, private and Catholic, and there hasn't been a problem. So what's holding you up in ordering the nation's public schools to open? What is the whole? Well, we need ventilation. Do the Catholic schools not have the ventilation? I, I you know. I, I don't know whether you get as agitated as I get because this is the highest level. This is the anchor person of CBS News. Don't get any higher than that over there. And th this is just, I'm going to sit there going, it's not a matter of harpooning Biden. It's how much does the man know? How much does he know? He's the president. Now, if you go to BillOReilly.com and you, because we have the montage up, two Obama interviews, one Trump interview, you see me challenge them, challenge them on what they say. Nora Donna didn't challenge Joe Biden once. Now, was there a deal made? I don't think so. I don't think that happened. I know a lot of you think, oh, he had the questions in advance. I don't think so. 
But I believe that there was probably a tacit understanding we're not going to push the man. Oh, it drives me crazy. It really, because this is so important. The, the, the children's school thing is so important. I want to open, reopen safely. Yeah, all right, you got a template, Mr. President. Right in front of your nose. You're a Catholic. You go to church every Sunday. Attached to many of the churches are Catholic schools that have been open since September. Isn't that safely? Oh, okay. I got to calm down. Bruce Springsteen, never been a big fan of the boss. Understand his appeal. Um, Admire that he came from working class roots to become one of the most famous pop stars in the world. Uh, Music, eh, born in the USA is all right, but I'm not a a big Bruce fan. Um, So Bruce is a radical left wing guy. I don't think even Bruce would dispute that. His whole life, he's been a radical left-wing guy. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, most of the rock stars are that. Most of them are. Uh, you know, it goes back to the Vietnam days, a protest song. It goes back to Woody Guthrie, all of that. Okay? So Bruce is a very, very left-wing. So Jeep hires Bruce probably paid him between three and five million to do the spot because Springsteen doesn't do commercials. So I'm thinking about between three and five, two day taping, you know, white collar crime. I got a blue shirt, collar shirt, I mean, three and five million for a couple of days. And Bruce does a commercial for Jeep that says, yeah, we got to bring everybody together. And if you buy a Jeep, that's going to make it easier. Roll it. There's a chapel in Kansas, standing on the exact center of the lower 48. It never closes. All are more than welcome to come meet here in the middle. It's no secret, the middle has been a hard place to get to lately, between red and blue, between servant and citizen, between our freedom and our fear. Now fear has never been the best of who we are. And as for freedom, it's not the property of just the fortunate few. It belongs to us all. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, it's what connects us. And we need that connection. We need the middle. We just have to remember the very soil we stand on is common ground. So we can get there. We can make it to the mountaintop, through the desert, and we will cross this divide. Our light has always found its way through the darkness. And there's hope on the road up ahead. So I, I don't know if I buy a Jeep, I got to drive to the mountain or through the desert. Do I go to grandma's house? <laughs> that was the dopiest commercial I've seen in years. 
Why? Because Jeep is using a committed left-wing individual to tell the whole country, including traditional people, conservative people, Trump voters, hey, if you, if you get in a Jeep and you kind of drive to Kansas, then maybe we can get together or something like that. So I'm going, I'm not sure Bruce was the right guy here. I'm not sure because he does a radio program and on his radio program, he consistently trashes people with whom he disagrees. Roll the tape. But with 100,000 plus Americans dying over the last few months and the empty, shamed response from our leaders, I've been simply pissed off. Those lives deserve better than just being inconvenient statistics for our president's re-election efforts. It's a national disgrace. All right, well, Bruce, I guess, missed the vaccine development. I guess he missed that, all right? And he missed the fact that the governors of individual states were in charge of the COVID response in their states. I guess Bruce didn't get either of those two things. It was all about Trump wanting to be reelected for Bruce, in Bruce's mind, all right? Trump wanted to get reelected, and so he killed everybody with COVID. He didn't, he didn't kill everybody. He didn't wear a mask, or he didn't do this, or he didn't do that. So there's legitimate criticizing about President Trump and COVID, but not this, not that kind of nonsense. So that's Bruce Springsteen on June 21st. He said that. October 28th, just a few months ago, here's what he said. We don't have the tape on this. I guess somebody stole it, but here's the full screen on it. Quote, a good portion of our fine country to my eye has been thoroughly hypnotized, brainwashed by a con man from Queens. Mix in some jingoism, some phony patriotism, fear of a black planet, vanity, narcissism, paranoia, conspiracy theories, and a portion of our nation undergoing mass delusions and teetering on violence, and you're left with the greatest threat to democracy in my lifetime, unquote Bruce Springsteen. Mm, okay, so Springsteen is a zealot, and Jeep pays him all the money to sell Jeeps under the banner of Bruce and the Jeep organization is going to unite us. Hooey, I love that word, hooey, doesn't even come close to describing that. All right, cancel culture update. Super Bowl protesters demand the Kansas City Chiefs ditch the name Chiefs. Okay, only about 30 protesters showed up in Tampa. They're mad about Chiefs. They say, quote, Chiefs imagery does not honor Native Americans because it is about making money. Yes, it is. Uh, National Football League is about making money. That's correct. But I don't think the word Chiefs has anything to do with it. We do have a legitimate Native American story coming up off uh, my book, Killing Crazy Horse, in, in just a few moments. But they don't want Chiefs now. They got Redskins. Redskins is gone. Got Indians. Cleveland Indians gone. Now the Chiefs are no good. Okay. Uh, why the Chiefs lost last night. So this is a, a tragic story that the CBS announcers ignored. And uh, Jim Nance, one of the best announcers in the world, I was surprised he ignored the story. Tony Romo, you know, he just does what he's told to do. So Andy Reid, the coach, uh, head coach of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, um, his son, who also worked for the Chiefs, got involved in a fatal accident. 
uh, or an accident that hurt a child who's in critical condition. I think that's hurt a child in critical condition. That uh, that's the story, not fatal. Okay, um, Mr. Reed's other son died from an overdose of heroin a few years back. So now he's got his other boy, and they're checking it out to see if there was drinking involved, whatever. This had a way on Andy Reid. Had to. No father in the world uh, could process this when there's a, a child in, in critical condition and your son um, is responsible for the accident. So this was huge. Was, was not even mentioned. Not even mentioned. And this, again, goes to the corruption of the corporate media. They didn't want to say that because there are all these people all over the world watching a game. They want to enjoy the game. And this is tragic. Now, it could have been mentioned in a different context before the game started, which is what I would have done when Romo and Nance talked to each other in the booth. That's when it should have been done. Is Andy Reid going to be able to concentrate on the game? How is this going to affect him? We can't possibly answer that, but you need to know this is in play. That's how you do it responsibly. Again, the corporate media that runs all of the entertainment, the sports and the news couldn't care less about being honest about anything. This is the tragedy of our times. Okay, so the game unfolds, and it was shocking how undisciplined the Kansas City Chiefs were. Um, penalty after penalty after penalty. Um, it wasn't Mahomes' fault. The uh, Kansas City offensive line was, uh, had a lot of injuries. The guys who filled in didn't do that great. Mahomes, he, they were in his face. Tampa was in his face almost every play. Not his fault. But you got to give credit to the Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady because discipline, they, the team was disciplined. Very few penalties, all right? They knew what they were doing. Brady is the most disciplined, not athlete, but human being I have ever seen. I know him a little. I have never seen a human being more disciplined than Tom Brady. And as I said on the radio this morning, that's what it takes to succeed at that level in America, in a capitalist society, a competitive society. Now, I, don't, I couldn't live the way Tom Brady lives. He's eating seeds. He's going to bed at 8.30 at night. He's working out 10 hours a day, every day. I, I, there's no way. All right? There's no way. I mean, I'm a pretty disciplined guy. And I spend a lot of time in preparation for this program and for my radio programs. But he makes me look like some guy laying on the street of San Francisco. Brady. But he's 43, and he won another Super Bowl his seventh, and he was MVP, fifth time. Think about it. Nobody has ever come close to doing that. No human being on the planet has ever come close to doing that. And it's because, not because he's the greatest gifted athlete of all time, he's not. He's good, he's got great talent, but he's not the best. He made himself into this by discipline. Tom Brady should be taught in every school in this country. Because discipline is what you need to succeed. That rhymes. All right? Tampa Bay won the game. They weren't the better team. All right? Kansas City has more skilled players, but they were far more disciplined on the field. And that's why they won. All right. So let's get to the impeachment uh, follies. It starts tomorrow. Um, Joe Biden could have put an end to this and said, I'm going to tell my 
uh, party members in the House and Senate to stand down. We don't need this kind of an exposition. You may not like Donald Trump, but we're not going to go through this because it damages the country. But instead, Joe Biden plays Pontius Pilate. Roll the tape. Let's turn to the impeachment trial. President Trump's impeachment trial. If you were still a senator, would you vote to convict him? Look, I ran like hell to defeat him because I thought he was unfit to be president. I've watched what everybody else watched, what happened when that, that crew invaded the United States Congress. But um, I'm not in the Senate now. I'll let the Senate make that decision. Well, let me ask you then something that you do have oversight of as president. Should former President Trump still receive intelligence briefings? I think not. Why not? Because of his erratic behavior unrelated to the insurrection. I mean, you've called him an existential threat. You've called him dangerous. You've called him reckless. Yeah, I have. And I believe it. All right. Well, so that pretty much uh, puts the final nail in the cliched coffin for any kind of detente between Joe Biden and the Republican Party, the 72 million people who voted for Trump. It's never going to happen. Biden doesn't want it to happen. Biden wants to play to his progressive crew. He'd love to see Donald Trump humiliated in any possible way because Trump could come back if the economy collapses. That's the only way Trump could come back if the economy collapses, but he's still there. Now, the uh, impeachment trial, as you know, begins tomorrow, 10 a.m. Uh, today, Monday, the Trump lawyers filed a 78-page brief saying this is a bunch of garbage, it's unconstitutional, the president didn't do anything to be impeached. Um, there will be a formal debate beginning tomorrow around noon, um, 16 hours. In the first debate a year ago, it was 24 hours of debate. Now it's 16, they're cutting it back. The key is that uh, Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts, refused to preside because he knows it's unconstitutional. The whole thing is a sham. It's a political display. And to his credit, John Roberts doesn't want to be part of that. He doesn't want to be used. He doesn't want the Supreme Court to be used. As you know, um, 45 Republican senators voted uh, that it was unconstitutional. So there's no way on earth that, um, that Donald Trump's going to be convicted unless in the next 24 hours there's some kind of smoking gun. But there has been a smoking gun, and nobody reported it because the media is corrupt. And that is that the Justice Department, the FBI, believes that far-right militia people, including some Proud Boys, planned the break-in to the Capitol. Planned it well ahead of time. So that blows out of the water that Donald Trump's speech or his embrace of the protest, which he did say should be peaceful, he said that was on words, that blows that out of the water that he caused it. If, if this was in motion for a month, as the FBI believes it was, okay, then Trump, on the day of, had no effect at all, right? Okay. So um, there are nine impeachment managers from the House. Six of them are radical leftists. Three of them I don't know, Plaskett from the Virgin Islands, Madeline Dean from Pennsylvania, Joe Neguse from Colorado, I don't know who they are. But the others are radical leftists. They're going to trash Trump. That's what this is all about, trash him, trash him, trash him. Then some Republicans will stick up for him. 
I'll cover it for you tomorrow, but I got to tell you, this is a total waste of time. It is a total embarrassment. The first one was an embarrassment. Nobody even remembers what that was all about. And now we have the second one. If I were Trump, I'd print up T-shirts that say something like, want to try again? You know, with a little gavel or I mean, it's just so damaging, so unnecessary. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, I'm going to bring in my guest now, uh, who following closely, John Malcolm is the Heritage Foundation's vice president for the Institute for Constitutional Government. All right. In my run up, uh, Mr. Malcolm, and we're pleased you're here. Uh, Did I make any mistakes or is there anything you want to add or subtract? (laughs) Well, you said quite a bit. Uh, Look, I agree that the odds of President Trump being convicted at this trial are very, very slim. As you said, there are 45 people on record as saying that they don't think they're under the Constitution, they can even conduct this trial. So assuming all 55 who support going forward with this decide to convict him, you would still need 12 others to cross over in order to convict him. I agree with you that I don't think that the, uh, the trial is constitutional, but I do think it's a closer question than perhaps you do. There are some decent arguments uh, on the other side that this is constitutional, regardless of what I think about it, they are going to go forward with this. You make a very interesting point about the fact that this trial was planned uh, ahead of time. I tend to agree with you that that shows that this was unconnected to the president's speech. You said the trial, Mr. Malcolm Hall, you said the trial, the insurrection was planned. Ahead. Right. That's correct. Yes. Right. Sorry that, about that. That, yes. that, that, that. Yeah, that's sure. Yes. So just to be yes. clear, my my yes. uh, reporting, and it's 100 percent accurate, is that the FBI has now obtained evidence that the break about into the, the Capitol. All right, right. Was planned well before um, right. Donald Trump gave his speech. And right. unless they can they have an email from the Proud Boys directly to President Trump saying, yeah, we're coming. The whole thing is basically an argument over freedom of speech. That's what this is about. Donald Trump well, look, gave I, a speech and said, I, look, thanks for helping me out. Thanks for supporting me. I believe the election was rigged. I'm glad you do too. Let's peacefully go and show people what we think. That's what it was. Well, I, I agree with you. I think the connection is, is very loose and that the fact that this was pre-planned helps the president more than it hurts him. But I don't think it completely exonerates him. I've heard this argument made, and I'm a former prosecutor, so I I understand this, saying, you know, that pre-planning didn't come in a vacuum. Uh, There was a run-up in terms of the president's uh, uh, statements on Twitter, et cetera, before the January 6th speech. He certainly had access to the intelligence uh, about something that was being pre-planned. And he did nothing to stop it and, and foment it. I don't I'm not think saying he did I have that. access. I'm not saying I, don't, I buy Mr. that. Malcolm, I'm saying that. Yeah, I, he did not have access, easily proven, uh, because the FBI did not come up with this information until a few days ago. And as you know, the Capitol Police, the D.C. Police, everybody was caught by surprise. Nobody thought this was going to happen. I know for a fact that Trump was caught by surprise, almost mesmerized by it, and that caused him to react poorly and too late. Look, there were a lot of mistakes made by Donald Trump. There were mistakes made by Donald Trump in the first impeachment on the phone with the Ukraine president. But none of that even comes close to, all right, what the House managers are saying, that he consciously wanted violence to happen at the U.S. Congress. That's what they're saying. And that's I agree not with you. true. It's not I, I, true. I agree. 
I agree with you. So the House manager's brief makes several logical leaps. And, you know, for using speech like saying you need to fight for your country and you need to fight like hell. I mean, that is sort of core political right. speech. And to Ridiculous. say that that is designed to get a rot, you know, to get a, a, a lynch mob to storm the Capitol is a bridge too far. I'm just telling you about what the arguments on the other side will be. But I, I, I could shred them and you could shred them in about <laughs> six minutes. What this is all about and what the first impeachment was all about is that people who hate Trump want to believe the worst of him, just like That's people true. who hated Barack Obama and Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. It's exactly the same. Irrational hatred leads to irrational thinking. But now the entire country is being damaged by irrational thinking and irrational hatred. I'll give you the last word on it. Well, look, that's that's true and sadly not new. I mean, we have seen over the last summer riots all over uh, the country uh, that were irrational and and violent. Uh, the level of civil discourse in our country on both sides of the political aisle is terrible. Uh, and people pay attention to that, mimic it and extend it. That is where we are. Are you going to buy a Jeep, Mr. Malcolm? You're going <laughs> to for Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not buying a Jeep, but anyway, we really appreciate your time. Thanks very much for helping us out tonight. All right, quick poll from the Associated Press. The question was, how well would you say democracy is working in the USA? Um, not well. Democracy, not well. 46%. 46%, almost half of the population, think democracy is not working well. But that makes perfect sense. Because both sides, it's all about Trump. This poll's all about Trump. Those who uh, like Trump and think the election was taken away from him, they don't think democracy is working well. They think the election was rigged. Those who hate Trump are still angry he was elected in the first place. So perfect storm of democracy is not working well. The truth is that democracy does work well, but we have very poor leadership in this country and a corrupt media. You combine poor leadership with a corrupt media, temporarily, democracy is like this, temporarily. COVID update, all right, 6-3 ruling from the Supreme Court says that the state of California cannot close down churches, but they upheld the California law, you cannot sing if you go to church. So singing, takes the coronavirus and you have to take the mask off, I guess, to sing. I'm not sure. But California was closing down churches saying, mm, can't go. Supreme Court 63 said no. 25% you can limit it to. You can't, you don't, singing you can ban, but they have to be able to go. Now, interestingly enough, the three judges that would have knocked out the churches completely are Kagan, Breyer, and Sotomayor. These are the liberal activists on the court. So, you know, there are three liberal activists, the three conservative. I'm not sure whether I call them activists, but they're firm conservative. Thomas Gorsuch and Alito all wanted to let the churches do whatever they wanted. And the middle three, Roberts, Kavanaugh and Coney Barrett, they said, you got to open the churches, but we'll uphold. You can't sing. Interesting ruling. All right. In California, uh, now 
the governor, Gavin Newsom, is going to be on a ballot. And we're trying to figure out when uh, the best estimate we get is between mid-August and late September. They're going to have a vote in California to remove Newsom from office. That's going to happen. They only need less than a million signatures by St. Patrick's Day, March 17th. It's going to happen. Already a bunch of people wanting to be governor of California. I don't know why anybody would want that job. It's very impossible. Um, But that's the situation there. San Francisco is suing. The city of San Francisco is suing its own school district to open up the classrooms. I love this. So this is far left versus far left. Remember Spy versus Spy, that cartoon? This is far left. The city of San Francisco is suing its own school board to open the schools. And private lawsuit may sue the city of San Francisco for knocking out names on the schools like Abraham Lincoln and George Washington. Chicago, the schools may open Thursday, maybe possibly, because the school, the unions still don't want to open. Why? Because the teachers' unions want their members to teach from home. They get paid the same amount of money. They don't have to go anywhere. It's much easier for them, and the students be damned. All right, I don't have time to do the five crazy colleges uh, courses, uh, but we will do it tomorrow. We put this off a couple of times. It's worth doing. We'll do it tomorrow. Um, this day in history, February 8th, 1887, President Grover Cleveland signs the Dawes Act. This was horrible. Cleveland was a bad guy when it came to Native Americans. So up until 1887, if you read Killing Crazy Horse, you know this, most Indians were on reservations run by themselves. The Native Americans ran the reservations. They had Indian agents, but they were in charge. So Cleveland gets behind the Dawes Act, which takes all the Indian land away from them and gives individual Native Americans 80 acres for each man. And boys got 40 acres. Women didn't get anything. Okay, but the government then takes these huge tracts of Indian land. The Dawes Act. Ridiculous. Horrible. Okay, then in 1934, under FDR, the Wheeler Howard Act changed all that which is why you have Native Americans in charge of the reservations now, we can all go gamble. Because that's their territory. If they want to have gambling on it, they can. So that's this day in history. Grover Cleveland, bad guy, February 8th, 1887. Okay, go to Bill store. We have everything that you could possibly want, including the best mug in the world, Stand Up For Your Country. We also have, we're getting behind to publicize, the free speech movement. They have a new website, speech movement, one word, speechmovement.org. Check them out. We got to get this freedom of speech movement up and running to counter the cancel people. Writing to us and not be a Visigoth, V-I-S-I-G-O-T-H, great word, interesting group. So quick break, back with the final thought. Um, we're not going to do mail tonight because, uh, to be honest, and I always am with you, I forgot the mail. <laughs> I have it, but it's downstairs. So I'm not going to do I'm tight on time and I want to get into this final thought about buying stuff on the internet. Okay. Uh, because everybody does it and, uh, things are not going well in some precincts. So we'll be right back with that. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, 
the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Okay, here is the final thought of the day. So I don't like to uh, go shopping. Even when the stores were open, you didn't have to wear the mask. And I, 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 this is the God's honest truth. I walk into a store, there's really nothing there that I want. I'm not a materialist. I, I have, I'm so lucky to have pretty much everything I need to have in this life. I have nice clothes, I have food, I have a, a dog, I, I have dog food. Um, and, and I have people that go shopping for me. <laughs> Doesn't that sound terrible? But I have people on the payroll because I don't have time really to go. Sometimes I do to buy certain things. But most of the time I have other people pick up my groceries and stuff like that. I know that sounds horrible, but it's just a matter of time. And plus, I, I pay a pretty nice buck for people to do that. So they're happy to do it because I'm making money. Anyway, so now once in a while I will see something on the Internet and I will order on the Internet a product. Unfortunately, I am six foot four, um, 215 pounds with a 36 inch waist and long legs. It's hard to fit me. So every time I buy clothes on the internet, I got to send them back. So I don't do that anymore. But one of the things that I do do is that in our business, remember I am the CEO of BillOReilly.com. I run the show and it's such a relief that I don't have to work for corporations anymore. Such a relief. Um, I am the CEO and I reward people who help us. And I think that's good business. And usually I would send them a basket from Harry and David. All right, you know those people, they send catalogs in the mail and you just pick up the phone and say, I want this catalog sent to this address. Now I literally spend thousands of dollars on Harry and David stuff. Sending people little baskets of, uh, I try to make it healthy food, but whatever it is, Harry and David has a pretty good selection. And up until last week, I was pretty happy with Harry and David. But let me tell you what happened. So I, I had a guy do me a major favor, and it was a business favor. So I, uh, I ordered a basket, nice basket, to send to the guy. Thought it was fine, right? I 
been a Harry and David customer, and they have my name in, in their little uh, computer system. It has a lot of money. Bill O'Reilly spends a lot of money. All right. So I don't hear from the guy from two weeks. And I said, that's weird. Usually people will email me or text me, thanks for the basket. Da, da, da. You know, that almost always happens. And I hear from him. So then I had my assistant call Harry and David. And Harry and David goes, oh, we didn't send it. We didn't send it. And I went, why? Oh, I guess it was a mistake. So I go, well, oh, that's bad. You know, I, this is a business thing. And that's where they go, well, we'll give you money back. I go, well, no, I don't think so. Not with all the money I spend with you. This hurt me, hurt my business. And I would have never have known it. You didn't contact me and say the basket wasn't sent. You didn't do that. I had a check. And they go, too bad. <laughs> too bad? So the CEO is a guy named Stephen Lightman. And before I went on the air, I, I, I wanted to give the guy a chance. Because I don't usually do this, you know that. Uh, so we called Stephen Lightman just to say, you know, do you want to write this wrong? Wouldn't take the call. I will never buy anything from Harry and David again. Ever. Because if they would do this to me, a guy who spends thousands of dollars with them, they'll do it for anyone. To anyone. All right? Harry and David. See you tomorrow.